Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So good. Thanks, Juan and Vanessa and Jennifer Tito. Superstar. Thank you. Let me back up. Hey, welcome to Highlight Church. Let's show some love for our first-time guests. Thank you. So, yes, today is uh, Baptism Sunday. Are you excited? Good, 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 good. Uh, and I am going to bring a message on investing <laughs> your finances into the church. We're, we're actually in a series entitled 2020, where we're running down our three eyes as a church. So here at Highlight, we don't, we don't believe in membership. Uh, we encourage participation. Um, and as you read the scripture, whenever... We get to our New Testament. This is when Christ comes onto the scene. Uh, what we see with Jesus is we see um, him and his disciples. They, he, he calls them to follow him. And he doesn't call them to sit around and, you know, listen to a message or a sermon. He actually calls them to participation. And um, so for us at Highlight, we understand that the greatest way for you to grow in your faith is to actually put feet to your faith. Um, and if you don't have faith, um, it's okay. God, God can meet you right where you are. We all have to start somewhere, right? But we're not going to, uh, we're not, let me put it this way, we're not not going to challenge you and encourage you to, to take steps of faith. Um, you know, for me, I gave my heart to Jesus at the age of 19. I was raised in church. Many people, uh, maybe many in this room weren't raised in church, but I was raised in church from the day I was born until 18 years old, but I didn't know Jesus. Um, I met Christ in college uh, down in Tallahassee, Christ, not church. And from that day forward, uh, everything changed, everything. I met the man Jesus, not not an organization. And um, when you dedicate your life and you're all to him, man, it, it's a phenomenal thing. So our three eyes are, number one, we invite. We invite. Jesus, when he first met the disciples, he said this. He said, you're going to be a fisher of men. You're going to be a fisher of men. Um, anytime you see fish in the scripture, it means souls, the souls of men. And it's funny because he called a lot of his disciples uh, during their eight to five. And he would just come along and he'd say, hey, come follow me. Because right now you're shallow. You're, you're thinking at the, at the surface level. You're thinking about a paycheck. But I actually want you to make a difference in people's lives. And this is why you're not fulfilled. And so, uh, so we invite. Number two, we are involved. And so the greatest way to become involved here at Highlight Church is to become a superhero. We have super steps. We have super steps. It's a two-week process where uh, week number one, we share our vision, our history, our doctrine, our core beliefs. Um, so you know what we're all about. We lay everything on the table there. And uh, week number two, we help you to discover your talents and your spiritual gifts so that you can fulfill your calling in God's kingdom. And, uh, and then so our third I is invest. So we're going to talk about invest today. We are not a church that dance around uh, finances. 
Um, this is not my joke, but it's one of my favorite. Pat and I'm trying to behave because I've slept for like two hours or three hours. So please follow me today. That's why I'm sitting down. This is this is helping me to to chill. Uh, one of my favorite pastors. He says that uh, this may be inappropriate if you're supposed to be in the kids area, but he says, you know, uh, there are two things we want the most: the sex and money. So why should the church treat those two topics as taboo? We're going to talk about your finances, um, well, God's finances, and we're going to show you how to be blessed in those, uh, but that'll be in November. Right now, we're going to talk about investing and the reason why we invest at Highlight Church. How about the video? Was that good? That was great. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. We're going to show that again. It's pure gold. Today, I want to bring a message to you entitled, Feed the Need. Feed the Need. So... We have the, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he is, the word apostle means sent one. So you can read his story in Acts chapter 9. He gives his life to Jesus Christ. I mean, he's like uh, Osama bin Laden converted to Joel Osteen. That, that's pretty much his testimony. He goes from killing Christians to, I mean, millions of people across three continents um, converting them to Jesus. And uh, he's, at a, he's on his second missionary journey. He's in Macedonia, which is, um, at this point, a, a region in Greece. And uh, he is writing a letter. This is where we're going to jump into the text. He's writing a letter to the, to the church of Corinth. It's one of the churches he established. And uh, context is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to go 9 through 10 as I summarize this. Then we're going we're gonna to read into 9. Uh, the church of Corinth promised to send a financial gift to the church of Macedonia. The church of Macedonia was under extreme poverty and persecution. And they had promised, hey, look, we're going we're gonna to send some finances to help them out. But over the process of time, 365 days had passed by. And Paul is currently in prison, and he writes back to them about the gift that they promised to send to help the church in Macedonia. And I, I love Corinthians. You, you got to read the book of Corinthians. It's, it's a lot of grays in there. It talks, about, uh, 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 it talks about being unequally yoked in marriage, how uh, y- it's important that you find someone of, of faith when you're married, um, someone who loves God. It, it, talks about, uh, it, it talks about certain foods. A lot of us were raised, and I feel sorry for you, uh, you were raised thinking that bacon was not good. It, it may not be good for you, but it is good. Uh, Jesus declared all meats lawful, and so therefore I eat bacon um, and donuts. You may not agree, but I love it. Um, it has a lot of good. It, it even talks about um, shacking to a certain extent. I know people have questions about. Well, you know, we've been together for five, ten years, but should we be under one roof? And, and Paul addresses a lot of gray, so I, I really encourage you to read Corinthians. I love it because in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he tells the church at Corinth, he says this. He, he says pretty much, I know that you can be faithful to your commitment. So I'm writing not to get on your case, but I'm writing to really test the authenticity of your faith. He said, for Jesus became poor so that we all could be rich. 
Not in the sense that he was a poor man, but in the sense that he gave his entire life so that we could receive salvation. And so he says, I love it. He, he got so great. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing you with the giving of the other churches, of the other churches. And so he deals with some grace. Feed the need. Feed the need. We recently, uh, I'm going to get into the scripture, don't worry. We recently went down to Florida to see about my dad. Um, congestive heart failure, kidney failure, um, severe lymphedema, just a lot going on with him. And uh, there, there was a need there that Kyra and I had to help with and, and address. I don't know if anyone has ever lost a parent in here. Um, I haven't experienced that yet. Um, but we, we had to go down because there was a need. Uh, there was a learning curve. My mom doesn't fully understand medicine, nor does my older brother, who's there in Florida right now in his care. So we, Kyra and I, her being a nurse, me, I used to be pre-medicine before I said yes to ministry. We know medicine, in a sense. We know the ins and outs of the system. We know how a lack of communication what we just found out um, can be the difference between life and death. And so we had to get down there and get in that gap. There was a need. Someone's life is in the, ba- in the balance. So we need to give of ourselves so that this person would have a chance to live. There's a need. Maybe there's a, a shortage in a, in a relationship in your life. Maybe the last time you spoke to a person that you truly love and care about, Maybe it was on bad terms, but that's your mom or it's your dad or it's your good friend. God brought you all together. There's a need there. Eventually, that conversation needs to happen. Eventually, the forgiveness needs to be extended, not so that they're free of their offense, but so that you could receive freedom within your soul unforgiveness only holds you down not them they're they're probably enjoying uh, donuts and bacon right now it's holding you down right Andy so there there there's a need and God will never call you to feed a need that he hasn't already resourced you for a need a need and so what Paul is addressing when it comes to the, to the Corinth church is, look, you guys have great speakers. Your city is booming. Mar- Mar- let me tell you something about Maryland. Maryland is the richest state in the union. Somebody got some money. Is this, oh, all he cares about is money. No, no. <laughs> Read your Bible. <laughs> Read your Bible. Even Jesus received offerings so that people could get into heaven, so that marriages could be healed, so that demons could be casted out, so that husbands would return to their wives and wives would return to their husbands, so that kids would know who he was, so that once you reach success and you've made it, but something is still missing, he was there to to pull you into a life of purpose. The richest state in the union. And and the only thing that was blocking the blessing of the Church of Macedonia 
was the fact that the church of Corinth did not uphold their commitment to give. What, what was the issue here? It was a lack of trust in God. I want to I tell this to you. None of this is in my notes. I'm just flowing. I haven't even got to the intro, really. Um, but I only have like 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> um, you, can't out, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Um, and Kyra and I, we were talking about this yesterday, how for about five or six years, it's just been toil, financial toil, toil, you know. Oh, no, I'm not going to go to med school. And Well, babe, when we moved to Maryland with nine, pe- nine people, two years ago, we moved here. We started the church 18 months ago. Nine people. We couldn't imagine what, what was happening now. Um, no, babe, you're not going to work because you have to start and build this church. I'm going to work, and we're just going to make ends meet. But with that, we're still going to give. We're going to invest into our church. I, I, I believe in Jesus. Show God that you believe in Jesus. Let, let's just talk. Seriously, like, I trust somebody with my eternal salvation. But it's hard for me to trust them with my money. You can have my soul, but you can't have my money. And then Jesus says things like this in the scripture. He says, what good is it to gain the world but lose your soul? The world, things, material things, but lose your soul. Instead of entrusting me with those things, and watching and seeing how I return many blessings to you. And uh, in a matter of a few weeks, Kyra and I will be stepping into generational blessing. Understand this. For those of you who do struggle financially, a lot of, a lot of the times... people don't understand the generational oppression that they're under and the things that were passed down to you. I never saw my parents talk about finances. I, I didn't know what debt was. I didn't, I didn't know what uh, credit scores and stuff passed down. But the word of the Lord has principles that when you apply them, heaven honors them, and that's not an area eventually you'll come to that you'll ever have to worry about again. And it's been a six-year process for us, and we've broken the curse. We're about to step into a new season. But God had to test us for a few years to see what we not just give money to a church, but what we invite people to meet Jesus, what we, be, what we give our all to Jesus Christ. America has to begin to get this. We have to. And, and, and oh, man, school shootings, and we need gun laws to change. And Look, there are 612 laws in the Old Testament that never changed anybody. What we need is we need 
people, teenagers, who love God, who love man, and who are willing to pray and invite and get involved and lead and point people to Jesus Christ. That's what we need. That's what we need. So let's talk here. The first point I want to bring out is, uh, no, well, let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6. We'll pick up. Paul tells the Corinthian church this. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. First point today is we want to give above and beyond. As a church, this is what we believe. If this is your church home, this is what we believe. Chick-fil-A, America's favorite fast food restaurant, two years in a row, by the American uh, Customer Service Index, surveyed 5,000 customers. And uh, the customer said their cleanliness, uh, they're quick, and the polite employees. They're always saying, it's my pleasure. And they're closed on Sunday. They generated over $6 billion in revenue last year, more than any other fast food restaurant, and they're closed one day out of the week. More money than McDonald's. Kathy Truitt, uh, Chick-fil-A's founder, said this. He said, businesses are not dishonest or greedy. People are. Thus, a business, successful or not, is merely a reflection of the character of its leadership. He also said this. I believe that you can combine biblical principles and good business practices. I testify before Congress on how to be honest and successful at the same time. Can we just say this? The world is filled with enough, just enough people. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to come to work right on time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clock out five minutes early. I'm going to do my work and just make sure I do the bare minimum and I'm out of here. The church, we're called to do more. But Paul says it. Go back to my verse. Oh, man, I like this. I'm in teaching mode. I'm not wa- running around and preachy, preachy. He says this here. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. We're not, okay, finances aside, we're not just talking about finances. I can plant small seeds of affection in my marriage and wonder why my wife is acting a certain way towards me. I I can plant small seeds of encouragement into the hearts of my children and wonder why they're not behaving the way that I want them to. Because I'm not speaking life, I'm not planting seeds of of life, education. I can plant small seeds of concentration and focus into my topic, into my subjects, into my work. I get the test back and I wonder why I have a DRF. But, but if you invest much, what Paul is saying here, the one who gives above and beyond will get an above and beyond harvest. And so the world is filled with enough, just enough people, people of Jesus ought to be above and beyond and more than enough people. That's good? Next point, our next verse. Just going to teach you this thing. Let's go next verse. What we got? He goes on and he says this here, says this here, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. You must each decide in your heart, I love this, how much to give. You don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't do that. Don't, don't. Just 
Here, here it is. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I remember Brittany the Blessing back in fifth grade. I call her Brittany the Blessing as I was studying and preparing for this message. Brittany, fifth grade. Bar, bar none, the student that you loved to hate because she was the standard. She was the one that, we don't do this anymore, but I don't know if y'all do it. I'm not in school like that. She was the one who brought an apple to the teacher's desk. She raised her hand on every question. Anything the teacher needed, she was there to help. She never missed a day. Why? Because she never got sick, ever. <laughs> ever. We didn't have cell phones back then, but I missed a day. I'm, I'm, Lord, forgive me. I'm lying because I'm joking. I was going to say, I miss a day, I come back, and I ask her, hey, did Brittany miss? No, anyway, no, she didn't miss. She never misses. But no, Brittany, Brittany just did, did everything. She, she went above and beyond, and because of it, after Christmas break, I remember this. It was fifth grade. I was 10 years old. After Christmas break in January, she received unlimited library privilege. Longer snack breaks. She ran all the teachers' errands, and she represented our class on every field trip we went on. Who, who's the class leader? Oh, Brittany. It, it was always Brittany. Point number two here, if we have it, I think we should. We want the blessing of God. Brittany, the blessing, received the blessing. Why? Because she went above and beyond. The Greek word here, eulogio, the blessing of God, eulogio, that causes one to prosper. Or this is when God places favor on you. So what, what is Paul saying here? Go, go back to my verse, please. Seven through eight. It's inside in your heart. So, so I love it because God is a God of free will. So you can give what you want. This is how this happens. We give to God through the local church. Jesus said, I will build my church. The word church in the Greek is ekklesia. It means called out ones. When Jesus was upon the earth, Luke 8, 1 through 2, we have a list of women that are consistently giving to the ministry of Jesus. Because at this point, he stepped aside from his, his, um, uh, his profession as a carpenter and he's in full-time ministry mode for the next three years. So Luke 8, 1 through 2, I mean, he has, oh man, he, got, he, have, he has people that work in the palace that are giving to his ministry. He has college students, high school level students. He has professionals, fishermen, tax collectors, ex-gang members, ex-terrorists. There's, there's a group that was following Jesus. They were ex-zealots. They called them zealots. And these guys used to terrorize and assassinate government officials because the Jewish people hated the Roman guard. And then we had tax collectors. So back in that day, if you're a tax collector, uh, you cheated your own people. And so zealots hated tax collectors, but they were all following Jesus together and investing into the ministry because of how he changed their lives. And they, they owned the vision of the Savior. And they found fulfillment in it. 
You can be a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, college, high school, and God can use you to make a difference in any sphere, any industry, on any job. You don't have to be a pastor or a worship leader. You can be anywhere making a difference for Jesus and find fulfillment in that. Give whatever you want. I, I, like A lot of y'all know this story. When you went on bed rest and, and, and I was bringing in $1,000 a month with a baby on the way and we already had a five-year-old, I'm like, babe, I am not giving. We can take this, because at, at the time we were giving at 11%, not tied. We were above and beyond, right? That's how we've always tested it. Um, you would not allow us not to give. Because God was doing a hard work in us. Heart. This sucks, man. We're feeding people. You know, so we had the church credit card. I was on church. I was on staff at a church. And, I mean, that thing was, it was a big church. So I'm like, wow, we can, I'm about to. God was testing us, right? Testing you. God, God, God to test you with money, right? To see if he can relinquish more. Okay? And, and so, because it says it here, and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You would not allow us not to give. And now I thank God for you. And now I know why. But it's a process. Right. And so this is when you give what Paul is saying is, is the blessing will come on you. Finances will never be an issue because he can trust you. To give unto others. Paul even says this in the book of Corinth, I don't have the verse, he says that when we come before the judgment seat of God, he says that everything we'll do will fall into six categories, wood, hay and stubble. Precious stones, silver, and gold. In the middle, they will be sent through a furnace. A furnace. These things survive through the furnace. These things are burnt. Your soul will be saved. But the thing about it, read the book of Corinthians. The thing about it is you're going to be like, man, I could have done so much more for the Lord when I was upon the earth. I'm glad to say that we're offering precious stone, gold, and silver. Don't you want to see when when God looks at your life and and it all just goes through? It's like, well, that job was hay. That relationship was stubble. That car was stubble. That house was stubble. It's like, man, I spent... $20 million on all this stuff and I spent $10,000 on building the kingdom of God. But but God wants the blessing to fall on you. He says it here. All you need, always, all the time, everything you need, God won't forget. He's going to increase. That's what those two verses are saying. All you need, always, everything you need, God won't forget, and he's going to increase your resources. Eulogio. And, and, and think, see, think about it this way. It had been a year. I wonder 
I wonder the quality and the magnitude of blessing that the, the, the church of Corinth missed delaying their giving for a year. And the need was increasing on this side. More generosity. Our generosity to release the promise of God's blessing flowing in and through our lives. Let's keep going here. Let's keep reading. 2 Corinthians 9. As the scriptures say, I love this, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, for God is the one who provides seed to the farmer. Let me put it to you this way. You remember that time where, and some of you are in this season now, I need a job. Lord, give me the promotion. God, just uh, part-time, per diem, as needed, whatever. I just, I need it. And whether you believe in God or not, you were saying something to something. (laughs) Just here to inform you, it was God. (laughs) And so the reason you're going to go and have your hamburger or herbal life shake or the reason you're going to be able to go to the gym, $12, $1,500 a month, it's because God gave you seed to sow. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. I love that. So what we do upon the earth for Jesus, that's all that's going to be remembered forever. That's, that, that's all. And who's going to remember it? Heaven. Because when you die, man, man forgets about you, but God does not forget about what you've done. God doesn't forget about the difference that you've made. J- Jesus is going to stand there and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. And it says it here. In the same way, He will provide, oh, Lord, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So we kind of talked about this a few minutes ago. I have seed. I sow it. God gives me more seed to sow, more seed to sow so that the harvest grows so that others can eat. And I myself also am, am able to eat of the blessing. Now, the harvest is not always money. S- sometimes the harvest comes in the form of, of a friendship that you've always needed. Or, or a job opportunity. Or a breakthrough in your marriage. You know, the number one reason people get divorced is for money. But if a, if a mar- for those of you who aren't married yet, do this. For Jesus, not me. For yourself and Jesus. Make sure you wed someone who is in agreement with you about the tithe and the offering. This is how you rebuke Satan. And this is how you can agree on money. It's the number one reason people get divorced. And it causes the most ugly divorce cases. 
But when you got a wife who's saying, hey, babe, we're going to up our 11% to 12%. And I'm like, what? I'm the pastor, right? You see God. <laughs> increase your giving. I'm like, nah, nah, Jesus. <laughs> nope. rest of the church can carry the weight. <laughs> Be real. But when you have a wife who's saying no. But, but because ideally where I'd like to be is, I like to be living on 10% and giving 90. What kind of money is that? God can do more with your 10% than you can do with your 100% in your pocket. That's what I'm on. Like, like, by the time I'm 50, I want to be giving 90% to charity and to the church and living on 10. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. And so, number three here, we want the ability to continue to be generous. As a church, we give 10% every single month to our outreach partners. Last year, that was a starting place. Last year, we actually ended up giving 13% of our income. Um, we Primarily, right now, we're partnered with uh, Family Service, and uh, we give them money every month. Great organization. We're about to start sending tutors and mentors to uh, be with their teenage mothers and Uh, Teenagers who are currently battling with uh, substance abuse issues, um, domestic violence. I mean, it's rampant, but we we give. Why? Because we want the ability to continue to be generous. As we give, heaven. Oh, I heard a bishop say this one time, and I just read it in Proverbs. If you you want God to owe you, give to the poor. It's in the book of Proverbs. You can Google it. I don't have the numbers. If you want God to owe you, give to the poor. We want the ability to continue to give above and beyond. So like, God, bless the church because we want to serve people who don't know you and who are hurting. So we're going to keep giving to them, and as we give to them, you give to us. Right? That sounds sounds wicked, but I'm I'm being serious. Because Jesus said that there, you cannot serve the God of mammon in God. The God of mammon was a demon in Jesus' day, and he was the God of money or of stuff. And he came on the scene and he said, you can't serve the God of mammon and God. So the way you break your worship and idolatry towards money is you give it to God. I love pastors that just give it to me straight. Because it's not about the numbers and it's not about the money. It's about your freedom, and your blessing. And so, do we have this verse here? Uh, Deuteronomy 14.23, Chris? Great. So the tithe, this is how we do this. The tithe means first tenth. Um, Every paycheck you get, the first tenth is God's. It's a principle. So some people who know scripture, you're going to say, well, that's Old Testament law. And wrong. The tithe is a principle that predates Moses. It goes as far back as Abraham. Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek 
before there was even a law. Moses was in Abraham's loins. <laughs> um, and then uh, Cain and Abel. It precedes Abraham. It goes to Cain and Abel. Cain brings him fruit of the ground in which God had already cursed. Abel kills a sacrifice, a lamb. That lamb is a foreshadowing of Jesus. He kills his first lamb and he offers it to God. So they both bring their, he brings, Cain brings the ground, Abel brings the, the dead lamb. The ground is cursed because of Adam and Eve's sin. Uh, the lamb is a foreshadowing of Jesus because whenever someone sins, blood has to be shed. Something has to die. That's why Jesus died for your sin on the cross. His blood had to be shed. Why? Because uh, the Bible teaches that life is in the blood. So in order for us to have eternal life, Christ's blood had to be shed. So Cain and Abel, right? They bring their offerings to God. God does not accept Cain's offering because it's by works. I'm giving, but I'm giving begrudgingly, and I feel pressured to. Cain actually makes a sacrifice. He, he's becoming naturally poor to give unto God. And the Bible says that God accepted Abel's sacrifice more than he did Cain's because of the heart. And, and so with the principle of the time, Deuteronomy teaches this. The purpose of giving to God first, if you can translate it, is this. To teach you to always put God first in your lives. It's the best portion. I explained this. It, it spans human history. Go here to Genesis. It says this here. When it was time for the harvest, here it is, Cain presented some of his, some of his crops. So I got paid, I got to pay car bill, light bill, phone bill. Man, I got $100. I'll give God to. I'm going back with my life. Cain gave him some. You see that? The tithe means first tenth. Watch this here. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion. The best is the first of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain. This is not a salvation thing. This is a thing of do I want to be blessed. The tithe was supported by Jesus. So not only does it predate Moses, it super, not supersedes, but it goes past Moses. It was supported by Jesus. Matthew 23, 23 says this. What sorrow awaits teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe. Jesus said it. But we don't have to tithe. You know, we can, we can read Corinthians. Get, give with a cheerful heart. So you, you're cheerful you just made $2,000, and you're cheerful giving two bucks. Jesus, you should give God the best portion first. But don't neglect to love. Show it's a, it's a full circle faith. So I'm not just giving because I feel compelled to, but my heart owns the vision of the local church I'm rooted in. And I understand that my giving, much like Mr. Juan Hurtado said, 
it's changing lives all across the city that God has planted this church in. It's good, Marcus. It's good, my man. So, Corinth, I need you to send. I need you to feed the need. Paul's like, it ain't about me. I'm, I'm all over the place. I just came back from Florida and just woke up. It ain't about me. It's about you, God, and the people in need. That's who it's about. We tithe as individuals and together as the church. So we give, and as a church, we give 10%. As a matter of fact, I think I said it last week. Um, last year we gave uh, 13,000 13, or 14,000. Uh, we're, we're right at 14,000, 15,000 already in our outreach giving within the top of the second quarter of the year because God is giving more. He's giving more. Long-term vision. This, this series 2020, I'm, I'm going to close out here. Come, come on up. This 2020 series is a, a vision. If you were here for week one, we showed you a map of the state of Maryland. And I just believe God has shown me that uh, by 2023, we're going to be seven years old as a church. And we're going to be in, in three cities across Maryland, Frederick, Gaithersburg, and Silver Spring. Because what's going on in our church can't stay here. But in order for us to get to other cities, we have to invite, be involved, and we have to invest. And then I showed another map. By 2040, I'll be like 50 years old. I'm planted. That's another thing about your faith. If you're ever going to grow in your faith, you got to be planted somewhere. Planted. Our, our graves will be here. Now, I don't know where God's calling you, but we, we moved up here and our graves are here. It's the very reason why we didn't cancel service today. And, and I could be with my, no, we're planted. We have a work to do. There are souls to save. There are people hurting. There are people that need hope. We're planted. We're planted. We're, we're rooted. We're growing. We, we don't want to be there. We don't want to be here. We're planted where God has us. So I said here by 2040, going to be 20 locations across the state of Maryland. And that, that's faith. That's vision. That's vision. That's vision. This vision. It's exciting. Going to read here Second Corinthians and get us out of here in about three minutes. It says this. So two things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. They are also sending uh, offering to Jerusalem and Macedonia. And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, you will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Verse 14. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. Last point here, we want thanksgiving to overflow in others. Share with you a quick story. Um, my, uh, I remember when we, we transitioned out of our previous church in 2015, February, and I was asked to speak at another church that next month in March. And uh, Chow Tran, your connections director, he, he came and this is when he was still a rotten sinner. 
Now he's all saved and sanctified and holy. He came and he sat on the front row. And uh, I preached. And I mean, look, we, we had started the, the church account. You know, we were in the process of starting Highlight. And it was probably 150 bucks in that thing. This is 2015. So I preached, and at the end of my message, Chow comes up to me when, I, when we leave the sanctuary. And he just says, hey, uh, Pastor, um, I, wanna, I, need, I need to call you uh, in a day or two. Let me talk to my wife. I need to call you. I just, I feel led to, to do something. 150 bucks in the account. It was me, Chris, and, and Kyra had just, like, started putting into it. Chris didn't have no money. I didn't have no money. Kyra had all the, it's probably your 150. <laughs> yeah, babe, you're going you're gonna to do it. People to save. And so um, we, we meet a few days later, and we're having lunch in Winter Park, Florida. If you ever go to Orlando, go to Winter Park. It's a blessing. And we sat down, and uh, they paid, and they treated us, and just slid an envelope to us afterwards. And uh, we got in the car, and Kyra opened it, and big time, big time gift, thousands of dollars. And, and it did something for our faith, because we knew God had called us. And, and we knew that the money was going to come through us, not to us. And a few months later, my dad, uh, before we moved, he came with us. And we stayed in the Hilton Inn off Shady Grove. And uh, he told me when we arrived in Gaithersburg, he had never given his life to Jesus. Okay? He told me when we arrived to the hotel, as we parked... And our, our rental truck was packed. Everyone had got out. It was just me and my dad, who was now in the ICU. And he was, my dad was 77. He's 80, 80 now, 81, going on 81. He said, son, uh, I'm so proud of you. And uh, I know we're visiting. This is where you guys are going to move in a couple months. Um, but today I want to give my life to Jesus. And while we're here in this city in Gaithersburg, I want you to baptize me where you're going to start this church. It's just eternity. And so Chris helped me baptize him because he's like six foot four. My mom's 4'11", so it explains, okay? I need to go. I'm loopy. With all that being said... uh, He's recovering well, and I believe his best days are ahead of him. And it was because of, at that time, the giving of a few that that got him really to the place where he was able to really meet Christ. and be. It took us moving for him to meet Jesus and giving and investing. That's the work you're doing in this city and in this county, church. You're changing families. You're changing lives. You're reaching people. You're making a difference, and you are significant. With every head bowed, let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for mm, just your, your generosity and your blessing unto us. 
God, we thank you for Baptism Sunday. That today we will be baptizing many people. Lord, we know that baptism is a symbol of faith. It's a symbol that the old has passed and the new has arrived. And God, I pray today that you would bless your children who are being baptized. Lord, you were baptized. They're stepping out in obedience and they're telling the world that you are Lord. I thank you for for your goodness over their lives. God, I, I thank you for their families and their supporters. And God, I pray that their baptism would be a witness unto those that that are seeking your grace, your forgiveness, and your love. Today is a glorious day. It is a new day. God, I pray that those who are being baptized today would receive healing, both spiritually and physically. God, I pray that you just continue to move in their lives. Lord, we thank you for your word of truth. We thank you for giving us what we need to be generous, to make a difference in this city, in this county, in this state, and in this region. God, I pray for full trust in our hearts as we begin to put you first in our finances. And God, we ask that you would make a difference through our giving. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.